All right, howdy y'all and welcome to the Alex Lavasser podcast, inaugural episode, it's fantastic, excited to be here, excited for the future of this podcast, looking forward to a good time with it, Woo. we're going to have some interesting guests on, we're going to, just going to have one hell of a time, some whiskey, some cigars, mm-hmm. and on occasion maybe coffee if it's early enough, but uh, today I'm going to introduce to you our guest, Old friend of mine, smart as hell. He is a major in history from the College of Charleston. May I introduce to you Sir Caleb Holden. Hello, hello. How are we doing, Alex? I'm doing fantastic. How are you, Caleb? You know, I just woke up about 30 minutes ago and decided to sit down and speak with you and say, you know, (laughs) how are you doing? Oh, well, man, you know what? Couldn't be doing better. So, tell us, how long ago was it when you graduated from... Charleston? It was uh, 2018. December 2018 is whenever I got out. And um, of course, I missed a couple semesters from transferring, but I graduated by then. And um, shortly after, got a job in a field that has nothing to do with my major, (laughs) but I needed money. (laughs) (laughs) Happens to the best of us, doesn't it? Oh, God, you know it. History. History is your thing. You're a history guy, right? Indeed, I am, yes. What was your favorite time period that you studied? The study that I like to have was uh, Civil War. And, um, oh. yeah, the Civil War history. And it really turned me on to whenever I was at Lander University before Charleston. It was one particular class that he went into each and every battle of it and brought relics, like old lead bullets that fired out of the actual rifles. And, you know, I wanted to know more about it because... It was such a bad time in our history. Yes, it was. And going to a college in Greenwood, South Carolina, being Lander, and then transferring to a college in Charleston, two major areas during the Civil War, two big battle areas. Yes. I mean, the amount of history and the amount of just walking down the streets, the history from that time era that you could soak up had to have been ridiculous oh i mean it was too immersive because whenever i had my interest in that time period i I wanted to go to a better place where i feel like it'd be more fitting to know more about it just to be experienced in it and so i toured charleston and obviously if you know anything about the civil war history charleston it was the first strike it's the first strike that lit the match that actually just started the whole war because it was on um, well, I call myself a history major. I can't remember the fort. Um, right off of Charleston. Fort Sumter? Yes, Fort yes, Sumter. Yes, yes, yep. God almighty. I just woke up hey, about 30 I minutes ago. Understand. Okay. I'm still drinking my coffee. But, no, 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 no. I, walking down the streets and knowing that it's been here for over 400 years, because the college itself, its establishment was before America. <laughs> Before 1776. Oh. Yes, that college has been there before 1776. And, um, no, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. I mean, obviously, I like all kinds of different history, you know, dating back to, I mean, Egyptian history. I took a few semesters of that, and that's mind-blowing. We, we've discussed that before, and you, <laughs> that, that time period really baffles me just what was achievable then 
-hmm. the architecture, the scriptures that they wrote. I mean, they were so complex, especially compared to Mm -hmm. what we write now. I mean, our lettering now is, it's it's scribble compared to their writing then. I mean, it was art. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they wanted to immortalize themselves, and so, I mean, they did the best that they could. Well, not only that, um, slavery was more prevalent, and so they had, you know, the higher ups have many slaves, you know, pull something up for their, <laughs> for what they wanted to have after they pass away, and we get to see it, and we're thinking, wow, this is incredible. Exactly. Yes. It's 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 definitely baffling, and now if I remember correctly, you were at the College of Charleston during one of the the big hurricanes, weren't you? Flooded the streets. Uh, yes. I can't recall which one it was, and it was right when I transferred and moved down there. I was safe because at the time, I was in a dorm that was four stories up, so I was completely fine. I looked out my window and saw saw a new river that used to be a street. (laughs) How did you get back and forth to places? I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) You, You didn't go along with the kayaking crew? No, no. I even had a roommate... Legit, not even lying, he took a video of this. Whenever um, it flooded the streets, he he got another buddy of his who had a pickup truck and tied a rope to the back of it and then had a wakeboard and was legitimately wakeboarding through the streets, being pulled by a truck. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh goodness gracious. That had to have been something. Yes. And that that college itself is... I mean, gorgeous. I've been down there a time or two. The city's beautiful. It hasn't changed in over 300 years. Nope. Nope, it sure hasn't. I mean, there has been additions to where there's new wings and stuff. I think, um, what is it, the math section? They got a brand new building. But essentially, no, no, no. What's going to stay untouched is Cistern Yard. That's the Mm -hmm. very first college house. I mean, that's a... All right. <laughs> had to take a quick break right there. We had uh, another brother of ours call. Well, a b- uh, best friend for me, a cousin of Alex. <laughs> so, getting back into it. So, your your college experience had to have been... Again, I, I it, just, it still baffles me. The age of the city, the age of the college, and how everything is still almost untouched. I mean, it's just... Oh, absolutely. And there goes... uh, There's a lot of thought into it and a lot of people that manage just on how to keep it preserved. I mean, the Preservation Society is very well known there. And Mm -hmm. you have to go through many different hoops to even consider doing something. So here's one thing. Um, Whenever our new library was being built, behind it we had an option... And they asked the students of what you'd like to have there behind the new library. It was either going to be a parking lot or just like a little park to where you can have a grassed area layout and have some benches. And so, awesomely enough, they chose the park. And so they had to dig out an area right behind the library. And so whenever they began starting digging, they inevitably found a gravesite. I mean, it, it was in line with coffins, and they deemed it to be a slave gravesite. 
Oh, God. And it wasn't... Yeah. Uh, obviously, back then, they had not marked slaves' graves because they just... That's, they that, that's how it was back then, and they that's, yeah, that's partially the reason why. And so from that, <clears throat> once they found out that's what it was, they had to stop excavation. Well, no, no, they had to stop building and get an excavation crew out there to you know get up all the old bones, every evidence, and study it later on. And then once they were finished, they made the part. And it's very weird. Is there? Any knowledge on what happened to the remains? Uh, no. I mean, I, I honestly don't know how old they were, but they are very aged, and there could have been clothes on them, but, I mean, if you're thinking, it, it was slaves, and so mm -hmm. they didn't really have much while they were living. Well, yeah. I just, I'm, I'm very curious about what the city of Charleston ended up doing with the remains. I mean... I would imagine they had stored it in um, a safe facility and able to come back to it and revisit it for more for more study. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just, that's wild. Oh, I yeah. couldn't imagine being on that excavation crew and just hitting a, hitting a daggum casket and oh, yeah. being like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oops! <laughs> There's a dead body here, yeah. Yeah, I hate it when this happens. And that's not the only time that it's happened. I mean, on the peninsula of Charleston, it's happened before where new construction wants to happen. They dig a little too deep and find bodies, you know? Well, I mean, and with so many... That being war grounds there, that the Revolutionary War took place there, too. There was Civil things. War, slavery. I mean, there's, there's probably so many dead soldier bodies from the revolutionary down to the civil down to slaves that are just all buried there in unmarked graves and they were just never documented so they were forgotten about yep they and didn't that have was, stone. you know up to 300 years ago and you're just and now they're being discovered and there's i mean there's no knowing who they are there's no names there's no i don't even think there's a way to trace that dna no, not at all. Well, you can get an idea, sense of maybe what you know race they were due to the fact of their bone composition, because there are differences in males and females if you were to look at the skull mm -hmm. of the human body. Um, there, there's slight differences, and you can make suggestions as to if it was male, female, age, or race. And race is the tricky one. Sometimes, I could imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, Charleston's a great place to be. I mean, too much information at times. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of history has gone into it, man. Well, where is your family originally from? Oh, so another interest as to why I chose this, most of my family is from North Carolina. Mm -hmm. um, it's outside of Winston area, or Winston-Salem area, and... Um, Small town of Yadkinville. I mean, Yadkinville. Yeah, yeah, indeed, uh, <laughs> Yadkinville. If you sound it out, um, and it's funny. Um, a lot of my family history has been involved with the Civil War and more in the Revolutionary War. Oh. Um, yeah, I had one great, great whoever grandfather. <coughs> excuse me. That he he. He was in a member of the Revol I mean, excuse me, Civil War, and fought at Gettysburg, and thankfully, well, he survived Gettysburg, 
because it was a three-day siege of Gettysburg, and he was injured on the first day. The second and third day were the most bloodiest days. That's how mm -hmm. we remember Gettysburg. But, yeah, uh, a lot of my family has been, like, generation after generation, where streets are named after the last names <laughs> of families. So, did, did members of your family come over with the original settlers, or did they come not long after? No, we weren't part of, um, oh, shoot. What is it called? Plymouth? The, the, Plymouth, the original colonization. Yeah. No, I, I can't really remember that far. But um, interesting story about the Revolutionary War. I mean, I have a little bit of British in me. And that's only because a British soldier um, who was fighting in the Revolutionary War, I think, ran away from his ranks and wanted to find shelter and then found a local woman that was in a small settlement and I think he was injured as well and decided to stay there because that's what you're able to do um, as a Britishman that still had influence over the colonies you can take their quarters yeah <laughs> you're able well, to say that was a thing in the uh, the Civil War too a lot of the southerners mm -hmm. and well, even the Yanks they would if your house was in the war zone and they, they could just seize your home and yep. take it for troops yep which is a it's a fucked up policy. It's it's ridiculous, yeah. They could come and take your food, your rations, whatever they wanted. Yep. I mean, that's fucked up. Oh, I know. And my relative, years ago, decided to find, you know, find shelter there and claimed <clears throat> that house for however long. And shortly after, he actually fell in love with the woman and stayed and became a turncoat. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah. He he forgot the uh, the British army and said, "Screw that! I'm I'm gonna sit right here and uh, make a name for myself." And that was the original Poindexter. He probably felt really smart at the end of that war too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it didn't go well for him. <laughs> no, not at all. No. <laughs> oh goodness gracious! So what? Kind of in more recent events. I don't know uh, what all you know about. The mess that has been caused via, like, the royal family and what uh, Meghan Markle has been saying. I mean, going back to how that would tie. Because the royal family in, in Britain, they're beloved. Oh, and yeah. they, they they have been, at least in our lifetime, the past 80 years, they've just been their worldwide celebrities. Yeah. No, I don't pay attention to it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just say that up front. But I am aware of their presence. You know, mm -hmm. they, they strike a chord with many people in Britain and all over the world in England. I mean, shoot, I understand that. Whenever they get out of the family, which are the two most recent, you know. Which is very uncommon to happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the family just drops them like a bad habit. And they say, okay, go make your own. You well, know? What I was told on one of that, too... Um, it, the, the the royal family, all their money is taxpayer money. <laughs> yeah. So when you leave the family, especially if you move to another country, they're not going to fund you because they're not going to fund you if you live in America with British taxpayer money. Yeah. No. That'd be like me funding. That'd be like uh, me funding you with American taxpayer money, and you ran off to the Middle East or somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. That makes total sense, right? I mean, <laughs> I just it baffles me that they've got the. The the nerve to 
Call him out, especially when uh, the prince, he knows better. He yep. knows how the system works. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, shoot. I haven't... <clears throat> and they, they only got a small inheritance of $5 million. Gosh, you know, what can I do with $5 million? I mean... I can maybe buy an island. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. I mean, I... I, I it just it it kills me. I mean, a couple hundred years ago, that would not have happened. No, not at there, all. There was, there were rules, there were systems, and it was all such. I, I mean, the decent thing to do. You've got a you've got a you've got a country that looks up to you when you're in that position because they still. I mean that that that's been the royal bloodline for essentially ever. Yeah. In some way or another, they have all. They're all related from all those years ago. Well, what's no? Well, I, <laughs> what's funny? I'm just now learning this information from a documentary slash um, live action playthrough of events, and it's through pirates. It's that one show that you told me about. Oh, yeah. I binged it last night. Man, it is too good. It is very good, and, and the fact that they were actually paid by the British, yeah, government, yeah, and. I didn't know this, but the early 1700s, King George, I think it was, during that time, he came from Germany. So Yes, yes, the German yeah. king, and they were not, the British diehard Brits were not happy. No, they didn't respect it whatsoever. I know so, if I remember correctly, they called him a fat sausage-eating piece of shit or something to that Yeah, effect. yeah, along that line, <laughs> right. They, yeah. uh, they were not happy to have it, because to them it made no sense to have a German king in Britain. No, it's no sense whatsoever. I mean, but I think we're digressing a little bit. What was our original topic? Just um, honestly, <laughs> history? history altogether. History, yeah, yeah. Um, if you want to know some English history, that's a little dark, uh, and that kind of relate to events now is Hong Kong. Um, mm. Yeah. Now, we all know that during the height of the British Empire. It, the sun never set on it because they own colonies all around the world, either be small or large. And one of those was the small shipping area of Hong Kong during the time. I think it was early 1800s. Could have been seven, 1750s to 1800s. I can't really recall. But the British were moving in. They wanted to use it as a trading outpost. Because Which it was, makes sense. yeah, it was a good location to hit different areas of their route, mm -hmm. and so they stopped. It was very tiny at the time, and they took control fairly easily. Because China wasn't really much of anything back then. Nope. And so they wanted to get more China influence, and China wasn't having it because China is a a very you know closed out um, yes. culture. That they, they want to keep things the same, but. <clears throat> I'm butchering this, but <laughs> from I mean, what it, I remember, it works. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, no, no, no. It but sounds accurate. It, it's so far, <laughs> and so whenever the British claimed that as their colony in Hong Kong, they said, "Okay, we want you to be profitable as well. That's how we all are profitable. That's how we can keep this shipping outpost profitable." So they told the inhabitants, the people who were living there, mm -hmm. and not only told them, but forced them to grow. Poppy, which was the plant oh. for heroin. Oh. No, Oof. was it heroin? It's an opiate. Oh, I shit. believe it is heroin poppy seed. Um, yeah, no, it, it's some sort of drug. <laughs> yeah, 
Jamie, pull that up. <laughs> um, I, I am in the process of getting a producer to... It's... It's a work in progress. It is. It's part of it. Uh, I mean... Well, we'll just... I feel like here. this is going very well as a first podcast. Oh, yeah. We're just uh, shooting the shit. Hanging mm-hmm. back. Not doing much of anything. Just... Talking I mean, about history and how I'm, it ties in. I'm cracking beers at 11 o'clock in the morning, so... Well, buddy, it's your midnight. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, you know what? I got home today. I worked out. That's know, good. Did a couple laps. Some pull-ups and push-ups. Some laps outside? Like, take a run? Yeah, I took a little run. Up, well, uh, touching goes for the yard. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah, running yeah, down yeah, that yeah, country yeah. road. I'm not trying to get ran over. Yeah, no, I, I get that. But, um... So, you know what? I, anybody that knows me knows this. My favorite time period. There's two time periods I love. The 1920s and the World War II. Mm-hmm. The World War II era. The 20s, well, for obvious reasons. The, the fashion, the cars, the, the just the looseness. Excuse me. Prohibition was a thing, but it wasn't a thing. Oh, yes. I've always been a big fan of the speakeasies, just that kind of style, just the the swagger. Oh, yeah. The, the real, key. and then the coming into the late 20s, into the 30s, the mob, the, when gangsters were really men. Yeah, and they imposed fear. <laughs> yes. I mean, you actually feared the name. I mean, it, it was the, they dressed like men, they acted like men. I mean... Like my cousin George says, when men were men, women were men, kids were men, and dogs were men. Yes. The good days. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and then World War II, just the, the astronomy of World War II, man. It was also the first time since the Revolutionary War, essentially, that a foreign country had attacked American soil. Yeah, I mean, Pearl Harbor. And yeah. That's part of it. I mean... It, uh, that was the scariest thing for America because we had never been. No, we didn't. Nobody had had the cojones to ever try to, <laughs> yeah, do, do something like that. And so, yeah, to go into Pearl Harbor, the mm-hmm. the Germans did not want Japan to do any such thing no. because that, that's their allies. But America was at a very interesting point during that time in World War II. Like you said, we were kind of out of it, but we were supplying certain people well, and, and managing different supply lines. And which was a god... Sadly enough, the war was a godsend for America because we were in the Depression. Yes. The unemployment rate was astronomically high. I mean, everybody borrowed on credit in the 20s and just... Flapped around, and then the 30s rolled... 1929 rolled around, and shit hit the fan. Yes. Because people couldn't pay, because I... It almost seems like what's happening today. Oh, I know. I know. You see a lot of uh, people buying on credit, buying on this, buying on that. And it... Eventually, I mean... When your debt outweighs your income, and shit hits the fan, and then... Yeah, what do you do? And also, the virus didn't help with any of that. I mean... Yeah, yeah. It's uh, interesting times, man. Uh, it is. Thankfully, we're almost we're almost out of it. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy to be inching back towards normal. 
I never thought that I'd have to wear a mask from place to place, you know? Me neither. I mean, when I'm, at, when I'm actually working, I mean, when the only time I don't wear a mask at work is when I'm in the truck. Yeah. And I didn't even think tell the viewers this. I am a, I'm a full-time truck driver when I'm not podcasting. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, it's... But you know what? In the, this happened in the in the 20s. The other 20s, not our 20s. <laughs> oh, yeah, true. I, I, sh- I can't remember the name of the virus that hit then. It, it was some kind of flu. Oh, it's the Spanish flu. It's yep. the worst flu that happened during World War II. And, um, but, but it's crazy that they... Ever. They showed baseball games. People still there. Mask. Everybody had a mask on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, man, I just think... It, Maybe they were smarter than us. Well, they, yeah, somewhat. <laughs> I mean, they they tried to quarantine, and do you know where quarantine comes from? The actual word. I do not. It comes from the French. You're welcome. Uh, yeah. Who's? I am French. <laughs> that's exactly. That's what I'm saying. But um, I think a literal trans um, uh, translation means 14 days, and they had to do it because of plague I want to say but those another illness and they're able to just keep the sick on an island and just stay there if you survive after 14 days come back to society <laughs> you couldn't do that today no no not quite you self quarantine today oh, yeah, well, um, that's, if, that's if you could afford to yeah well yeah lots changed I mean all of that that was a nice segue to history into my Eternity, I, I like it. Of course. Again, you know, I, I'm not going to edit any of this out. I think it's good to try to get all of it out there in the first one. Oh, hey, yeah. I mean, work all the kids. This out. is, if my podcasts were all perfect, they wouldn't be great. Oh yeah. I don't. I don't. I mean, I like to try to keep stuff a little organized. But if we go off on a tangent, or something hits your head that you really just want to. Talk. Yeah, 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 I, mean, I get shit, that. that. That's it's a platform, man, and mm-hmm. I I enjoy it. I mean, and especially if you being a history major, I knew history would be a fun topic to touch on. I mean, oh, I'm absolutely. Well, you know what? When you excuse me, when we talked earlier today before we started up, we were sitting in the uh, in the lounge, having having coffee and whiskey, and we I was we were talking about the. The fact I gave about the daggum World War One when Hitler was you you're the one who told me Hitler was a messenger. Yep. But uh, that British soldier, that British sniper that had him in sight, yep. could have offed Adolf Hitler right there, and he didn't. And his reasoning for it, which he revealed years later, obviously when Hitler became Hitler, was because Adolf Hitler was unarmed and he would not shoot an unarmed man. Yeah. Which is the most gentlemanly thing in the whole fucking world. <laughs> Granted, you, it came back to bite him in the ass, but not really. I mean, it, how could he have known? Do you want to hear the humanism that takes place in certain areas of warfare? I would love to. So, I can't remember what battle it was. I know it was during World War One, and it was Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. And so, everybody was cold. Everybody wanted to go home from both sides. Yeah. And celebrate. And... I can't remember how it was made, but I believe that there was a call for truce during that one night, 
and both sides decided to to trade with each other to start with and they didn't understand each other but physically and physical actions maybe one of them spoke the other well, they were language. all kids generally speaking everybody forgets that when you they're in their 20s when you look at a war like that they're all fucking kids man they, they, yep. they don't they don't want to fucking be there. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Their country told them, hey, you got to go do this. You don't have a choice. Yeah. No, I get it. It's um, it's a hard road. Yeah. But uh, I think I know which story you're talking because they, uh, they ended up breaking bread that evening, too. Like playing soccer in some yeah. areas and actually enjoying they each all, other. They became, because, I mean, they're all just kids. They... What a lot of people don't... Those German soldiers, most of them didn't believe in the cause, but they're German citizens. They're called the war. It's like when the... When we called it the draft here. When the draft was active, and, and you know, you, you just got called. If you were an able-bodied young man at a certain age, and you, you didn't have a choice. No. You either went or you go to prison. Yes. And I mean... <laughs> I I'd almost I think I'd almost take prison. <laughs> uh, yeah, you yeah. might not die. <laughs> it beats gangrene or mustard gas or whatever you're gonna catch. I mean, not you know only my, a my you know my cousin George. You know he's in the Marines and he was a uh, he was talking to me about World War One the other week and the advancements in World War One. Phenomenal. You, you know World War One was one big test trial for a lot of like weapons, tanks. Gases, mustard gas, all that shit. It was that was all test shit. Yeah, they, they literally hinted them like, "Hey, throw this over there, see if it works." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it doesn't work, we're fucked. So <laughs> here, here's something in terms of perspective as to how big this war was. Um, a history teacher, it was a teacher in high school, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. He he said, um, "What is what is wrong with this picture?" Okay, so let me draw you out a picture. I supposedly got a relic from World War One, and it was a saber, and it was engraved on it World War One, and it was from way back in the day. Now, tell me what is wrong with that, right then and there. If it is a saber from that time area, and it has World War One on it, that it was not labeled World War One. It was labeled the Great War. Yes, it was, because they didn't know there was going to be a second one. They thought it was done. Correct. They thought that was that was the one that set us straight, and from there on, we will be a more loving community, loving area. No. That yeah, that happen. worked out. <laughs> well, yeah, no. Did you hear about the, uh, what was it? Excuse me again. I believe it was a, uh, it was a, it was a Scottish soldier in World War One. <laughs> was it World the guy with the saber yeah, came called... in with the fucking set like a man, like yeah. a fucking man. Walks, I think it was World War II because I think it was on Normandy. Walked up on the fucking beach, whipped his saber, not only... ready to kill some Nazis with a saber. Yeah, and he was—he's over six feet. He is a boisterous man. Yeah, he had bagpipes, a claymore, and a bow and arrow, I believe. That's yes. fucking. You know what? If that's how I would have to go out. I don't. I don't know if I. I think I'd be okay with that. Yes. You'd go out like a fucking man, <laughs> saber drawn, shooting bows at Nazis, fucking playing the bagpipes with your last breath. Yes. That's a man. His name was Mad Jack. 
He was coined that. I mean, that was. I mean, because you have to be mad. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Incredible. (laughs) And uh, you know, I don't know if I put this in all my podcasts. Look, I do cuss. Hey. This might. I mean, look. If you're okay with that, great. If you're not, I. I I I apologize. I I believe. Somewhat. I'm supposed to apologize for everything these days. I I I confuse these days. <laughs> but I mean it it's baffling man war itself the advancements and now today dude today right now they could they could take an A10 warhog which has been in commission for like 40 years yep and they still use them because that's the oh shit plane cuz you know big bombs going to be dropped yeah, you can fly an A10 warhog over an area and just flatten it yeah because in 10 seconds all you hear is brrr. Yeah, it's it's gone. Ten, ten <laughs> seconds. Hugely different from the fucking war even fifty years ago. Yes, they would have killed to have something like that in World War Two. No, oh, I know. I mean, just the ability to have it, and, and then, I mean, and the atom bomb, man, that was a fucking. Now I did. Oof. I did study a lot about the development of nuclear weapons. Dude, that's a freaking. It's a scary thing because they're still here. And we all like to pretend that they're not, but they are. Yes. And we are the second most stockpiled nation to have it. First one is Russia. Uh, that makes sense. By like a few 20,000. A few 20,000. Well, they've, they've got more room to store them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They've got more land than they have people. Yes, they do. And, so, and they're right next to... I'm so surprised China isn't scared shitless of Russia. I would be. My next door neighbor has more nukes than anybody could ever need. Yeah. And if I piss them off, I don't care that you've got a billion people in your country. I guarantee it. They dropped 10,000 nukes on you. There's not going to be any of you left. Oh, no. I would be scared shitless to have a neighbor like that. Oh, God, no. I yeah. mean, shit. And I mean, Drutton, man, it's still a... It's still a scary thought thing that we actually used nukes, two of them, on one country. And here's the thing, that was still secret technology at the time. Yeah. And so whenever it was dropped, nobody knew about the effects, the long-term effects. And do you know the difference between nuclear bombs? Because you have nuclear fusion and nuclear fission. I do not know. So, what happened at Hiroshima and Nagasaki... Mm-hmm. Those two bombs, Fat Man and Little Boy, which were the two bombs that were dropped. Yep. Those were fusion bombs, and so what that did, that took, um, I'm pretty sure it was uranium that was used, and they tried to fuse it together. So so much pressure that it split the atoms from right there and just blew up. But for f- uh, fission is actually splitting an atom, and that is like a hundred times more powerful. Of a nuclear bomb that was originally used on Japan, and oh my god, yeah, and now we're able. All of our um, nuclear bombs are hydrogen bombs. Yeah, I mean, you you literally fold atoms uh, for fission. I know I, I've been out of the out of the game in terms of all this knowledge, but there's I don't a think difference. it changes all that much, though. I mean, it's nah. uh, that's just because the use of uranium. Um, instead of hydrogen, because it's a lot more dense of a, a molecule and an mm-hmm. atom. 
or whatever. I'm speaking out of my ass right now. But what you would actually see from those two bombs, the aftermath, if you were... If you weren't lucky enough to be in the blast radius and just instantly be vaporized, you suffer outside of that blast radius. Because the nuclear part, it, it all gets out. in your lungs and it's a slow, what's even painful worse, death. What's even worse is that the actual radiation, the small little atoms that are bursting out, cut mm-hmm. through us and disrupt our DNA and the structural integrity of our cells. So what, what, what does that do to a human being? It makes their skin fall off like zombies. Oh, it's like having, um... Yes. Oh, fuck, what's it? Leprosy. It's it, like yeah. being a leper. In, in a sense. And so there there were scenes that were described from, you know, natives on Ooh. Japan of people walking around with faces that are falling off of their face. Just <laughs> wishing that it would have just already gotten... Yes. I mean, it's so... And the fact that we... Did it? I mean, and look, I know why we did it. It was a rebuttal. Pearl Harbor was uncalled for. Well, no, no, no. It was decision time as to why yeah. we do this. Because there's one of two options. We can, you know, because we know the attitude of the Japanese. They never, never. Well, no, forget. because after the we dropped one bomb and they still didn't surrender. Well, even before the first bomb, because there are two different ideologies behind that would be okay we're going to do a land invasion so what that entails is that we're going to be moving in mm-hmm. to areas that we have to take out the soldiers the citizens even the women and even the children because they'll have a weapon as well yeah and that would cost more lives for the americans to sacrifice if we do a land invasion rather use this experimental technology Yes, which ended up still. There's parts of Japan that suffer. I mean, they're no. Uh, it's like a oh, shit. What was that Russian nuclear plant? Um, oh my. Chernobyl, bro. Chernobyl, thank you. Yeah. It, just, it was on. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. that that land still screwed. Now, granted, I mean, when a nuclear reactor at a plant melts down, there's time for evacuation. Not much time, but no, there is time. Have a lot more time than hearing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you know? Like, uh, did you see that ever? Oh, that small limited series. I think HBO did it uh, about Chernobyl. I did not. It was like four episodes, hour long each. Oh God. You know, I've seen some of the uh, what are they called? Urban uh, fucking invent or urban invent whatever. Those people that go into abandoned places and do yeah. all the pictures and stuff. And yeah, I've seen a lot of urban explorers or whatever they call themselves. They uh. Yeah. They did Chernobyl. Dude. Mm-hmm. Dude. There's still power ran to that whole town. Yeah. You I could mean, still turn on lights there. You can go into a house, turn on... I don't know what's going to happen. You might blow up, but... Fucking... <laughs> <laughs> you could still... And I mean, everything is still... There's still... Kids' toys everywhere. Freaking... Mm-hmm. People's paperwork. Glad, just everything is the way it was. Just now dilapidated. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, it's just, you walk in there, and it looks like a family still lives there, except, again, it looks dilapidated. So, here's here's an honest truth about Chernobyl. Um, so, whenever the explosion happened, they thought it was just um, something wrong. The citizens uh, were able to see it and hear it in the distance, because it was a smaller town. Yep. Um, 
And once they saw it happen, they thought, oh, well, uh, I hope everything's okay. And the first people on the scene were firefighters because... Oh, those poor... And they needed... <laughs> yes, I know. And Fuck. they were right next to the blast, trying to put out the fire because there was a fire. But and, you can't control a fire at a nuclear plant like that. No. I mean, they were able to dampen the fire, but it, what they brought back was the radiation they carried. And so they had some knowledge as to what that might be. And so once they got to the hospital, mm-hmm. they're instantly feeling burning sensations. Just, ah, I've got sunburned. Their faces were red. I mean, why is that? Radiation. And so nope. the second... That they went into the hospital, they knew it was radiation, and they said, well, the nurse's doctor said, okay, remove your clothes, we're going to sanitize you, we're going to put you in a certain area. So they took all the firefighters' clothes, put them in one specific location, and even today, in that same very hospital, is the clothes from the firefighters, their garments. And it is still radiating today. Yes. Oh my god. Yes. They showed that in the series as well, but it's it's so mind-boggling to say, like, just that one event, you know. Well, yeah. And, I mean, they've done a lot of advancement and whatnot with those nuclear power plants now. I do believe it is a... It's a... It's... I don't want to say safer. Are you thinking ethical Like, as boundaries? an energy source, it is cleaner i guess for the environment in a sense except for the waste itself well yeah no no no. pollution wise i mean like spouting into the air it's nothing no yeah but the waste itself like nuclear waste there's no proper way to dispose of nuclear waste nope there isn't find a hole in the mountain and just fill it up yep and then (laughs) i mean then that ends up seeping into the ground at some point i mean it's all connected Unless yes. you're going to start blasting that shit in the space, which I... I uh, fuck it, I guess. I don't know. I mean, get out of here. <laughs> I mean, shit, if our luck had hit the sun, and, and we'd, be in, we'd be in a world of shit. Oh, dude, no. That, that's just like a small little pebble in a lake in terms <laughs> of ripple effect. Hey, that... You know, a small pebble can cause a big ripple. Ah, if it builds upon itself. Oh, very true. So. I mean, it's a... <laughs> shit. That's fucking wild, though. And no, and I mean, look, it, we live not far from a nuclear power plant. Duke Energy. And that's yeah. only about 25 minutes away from here. Yeah. Yeah, that's not, not very far. Because Hartwell was, Lake Hartwell, and we, we, we are residents of the upstate of South Carolina. Yep. And um, Lake Hartwell over in Clemson, it spans out in the Georgia, hooks to the Savannah River. It's... It's a big-ass fucking thing. Oh, yeah. It was built by the power company that runs most of the electrical here. I don't think we're actually supposed to say their name. I don't know. Oh, uh, well. If I get, I don't know. But they uh, they built the lake for their plant now. And that lake is also partially our drinking water. Uh, yes. Isn't that fun? Yes. <sighs> and I've been in Lake Hartwell, and man, oh, man. I've taken my boat out there, and it's a... I wouldn't swim in it. The well, I did. Kiwi is <laughs> a lot safer because Kiwi's st- still so all three lakes are owned by the power company. Uh, Hartwell Kiwi? Kiwi and Joe Cassie are uh, owned by the power company, if I recall correctly. They're all built for the same reason. That's why they dam into each other. That's true. 
Um, they are all meant to essentially flood the damn power plant. Oh, yeah. And, and were jo- they all man-made? Because mm-hmm. I know for a fact Hartwell Hartwell was. is, I believe, Kiwi is. I don't know about Joe Cassie. Joe Cassie is also the deepest of the three. Really? How deep Up to 300 feet. That's, yeah. That's a, let's drop a body in the water deep. Yeah, no kidding, and man. I mean, I know It's Hartwell. also the most... Joe Cassie, most fun for jet skis. Dude, I was going 60 miles an hour on a jet ski on Joe Cassie. <laughs> if you've never gone 60 miles an hour on a jet ski, you haven't been living. Oh, God. <laughs> you also don't like your balls. Because that shit fucking... <laughs> Wow, you hit wow. a you hit a weight off a boat doing that, dude. You'll feel if it. If you if you if you keep balance and you don't flip, you don't get yourself hurt. <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna land pretty hard on the boys, and it's not gonna feel great. Uh, no, no, I don't see that ending well, dude. But... I'm, this has been a been a fantastic podcast, by the way. I'm glad we were able to sit down. You know, you're one of my. You're one of my oldest friends. Well, likewise. I love being able to have the intelligent history conversations, our shitting around. Dude, I, well... The damn dog yawning. Of course, Miss Roxy. <laughs> <laughs> she gets excited. Yes. She she wants to be internet famous. It's her goal. Oh, yeah. I mean, I understand that, Roxy. I mean, <laughs> I'm... But, dude... Your knowledge on a lot of the history. You nah. say that you were talking about your ass, but I, I know you know what you're talking about. At least it's, better than a lot of people do in these instances. I mean, dude, it's freaking... It's educational, and it's it's it, it's so pertainable to what's going on now, I believe. Yes. Yes. We, we gotta learn from our history, and I really don't believe we have. No, no. Um, I you know honestly I mean? think... Oh, I'll, I'll chip in. So we know there are big events happening right now, and mm-hmm. not only is it due to societal things in terms of there's a pandemic happening or, you know, this and that, you have to think of the incredible achievements we have made. So in the 1850s was the Industrial Revolution. Mm-hmm. That blossomed into new jobs into new outcomes of life into new ways of life metropolitan areas to where people can go to work and leave work and go home outside of the city now we are seeing a new type of revolution it's i believe the technology revolution and this pandemic has pushed us in ways that we didn't think we could do business in now we have so many zoom meetings Yep. So many different abilities to contact each other on the fly and say, okay, this needs to be changed. Instead of me taking a flight out to across the world to meet somebody, let's just sit down for a Zoom meeting instantly. Yeah. Well, and everything that you would need to do, especially if it's, if it's computer work needs to be done, you're on a Zoom meeting. All you need is everything's connected by one system now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All you got to do is press a couple buttons and you could... Well, it's like when I'm not at home. I can mess around with the lights at home. (laughs) I can change things from anywhere in the world with this little computer. Yeah. That is... It's baffling to me the 80s, which now is 40 years ago, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean... 30, 30, 40 years... 40. 40, holy shit, it's the 2020s. 
Shit. Durr. In the 80s were 40 years ago, and this was an unimaginable thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They had they the brick phone, you know. Well, yeah, and I mean, that still didn't even... That was unreliable as shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The 90s still had the big old fucking honking things till the like, mid-90s. And the, the car phone, no, man. The car... Dude. <laughs> I, I, had, I knew a guy who still drove a Lexus with a car phone in it. Oh, and wow. then Lexus made one that had a cell phone in it. What? A Lexus flip phone. That... Yeah. Okay, that's strange. Yeah. And was... you paid through Lexus to have a network provider provide calls to it so you could... Walk at it. It would hook into your car. It was like I think it was like early Bluetooth. Uh, You'd plug it into the center console, and you could still talk for your speakers. Oh, before Bluetooth was this is way before yeah, Bluetooth. Yeah, this yeah. is like late nineties. Yeah, and dude. I see that. But then you could pick it up out of that and just yeah, take still be on your call. I was like, that's that's big dick money. Yeah, that helps. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that was still cool to me when I was like, shit, when we were little. We were still dealing with the Nokia's. Oh, bro. Yeah. Flip phones all day. Dude, Give me my, that fucking Razer. My fir- Dude, <laughs> that was my first cell phone was the Razer. Now yes. the new Razer no, yeah. sketches me out because these touch screens and that folding glass. I'm like, no, I dig mm. it. I'm all about it. Oh, dude, I love it. Yes. But I'm sketched by it because try to slam it like you slammed an old Razer. I dare oh. you. Oh, it's not going to happen by choice. It's just going to happen once I have an angry conversation. And it's going to go... And I say, hell no. Click. And instead of tapping a screen on a button, I slam the shit out of it because it feels good to do so. And then it <laughs> shatters your screen. And... No, no. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't see that. No. I do. I 100% see that happening. Ah. It's foldable glass. Well, yeah. They're making it more... That's what they say. Uh, dude, they I, do I, tests I, on to, it, man. They, they do tests on everything. Do you think they would market a flagship phone if they're not confident that it would break? It, or it would yes, break. 100%. It would break. I'm 100% I'm confident they would. Oh, God. Holy shit. <laughs> no. They, Samsung marketed a, a flagship phone it blew up on airplanes. What was that, the Note? It was like the Note's. Eight or something like that. One of the early notes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it blew up on airplanes. Granted, then the iPhone 7 started blowing up on planes, but that's because iPhones suck. Agreed. And we just lost almost Half. every single follower I was going to have. Half the listeners are now gone. Shit! <laughs> <laughs> I do like that MacBook, though. The MacBook is a solid, yeah. That's a solid piece of equipment, man. Good machine. Very good machine. Dude, fucking... We're at about 50 minutes now. I say it's about time to start wrapping this up. And yeah, man. Getting on with the day. Caleb Holden. Yes. Always an honor and a pleasure, dude. Likewise. Keeping uh, keeping everybody in the loop. Of course. And I'll play you out with our to-be-continued theme music. <laughs> thank you for tuning in. And thank you for having me, Alex. You're very welcome, Caleb. Thank you all for listening to the Alex Lavasser podcast. It's an honor and a pleasure to perform for all of you people. And I look forward to doing this again for you next week. We'll see if we have a guest. We'll see if it's just me. There's, there's, there's no telling. Like I say, we don't know until we know. And then when we know, we know. Till next time. Yes, sir. See ya.